Welcome to a bonus series on the Life Giver Podcast. Made possible by the USO, these bonus episodes are from a monthly series called You're Leaving Again, where the USO is following Matt and I during our deployment, and we are sharing our authentic story with you. Whether you're going through your own deployment, our geo-batching, on an unaccompanied tour, or maybe getting ready to, this series aims to be the first of its kind. Real life, gritty, but resourceful content aimed to help you keep your marriage and family strong while you're apart. So whether you're a military spouse or a service member, this series is for you. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, or head outside for a walk and listen in as Matt and I share what we are learning apart with you. My name is Corey. I am a licensed professional counselor and specialize in working with couples, military couples and first responder couples um, who also go through deployments and military initiated separations. And so we are no different. We're a military couple too. And so you want to share what you do? Oh, I'm uh, I'm a chaplain and um, <laughs> I can't believe I get to do the job um, because we love you guys. Um, you are a family. You're our community. Um, your success is our greatest joy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get to practice things here in our house with our boys, within our family uh, to test it out, to see whether or not it actually works before we can actually bring it to the community and say, hey, this this is something that's a method. It's something we've tried. It's a way of focusing, way of framing a problem that works for us. So it's just a joy to be able to pour into you. I know you, uh, truthfully and honestly, um, we just love being part of the community and pouring into the community. So it's our joy. So, yeah. So we are super excited to um, talk tonight about kind of that, we're calling it the tension before you go. And keep in mind that this is going to be a whole series. This is just the beginning. So once a month, we're going to do this and share our experience and our journey. So we don't know what's going to happen, right? But um, everybody's along for the ride. It's along for the ride, right? But this is our third deployment, which many of you have deployed um, so much, so much, so many more times than we have. Some of you guys have gone through things that we haven't gone through. There's probably a few things that we've gone through that maybe some of you haven't. So this is what's great about this community is that we all have the ability to learn from each other. And I have no doubt that there's a lot of wisdom in the room tonight, right? And so we would we want to hear from you guys as far as what works for you. Um, if you're going through a deployment, what you're learning as well. And so we're going to share that with you and share kind of what our experience is, mm-hmm. especially the tension before he leaves um, and talk through like, why is there attention and what's really going on in me and what's really going on in him. And hopefully that will be some things that you guys um, understand and are going through and make sense to you too. So a couple of things um, about the series before we jump into tonight's topic, but I would love to know from you guys, just from the beginning, um, this, this whole idea, this concept of living apart and it being a military initiated, mm-hmm. it's not something that we would choose as a family. It's not mm-hmm. something we would choose for our marriage to live apart. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Matt earlier, you know, even though it's our third time, it's not our third time living apart because there's been TDYs, there's been trainings. <laughs> I think you've been around for like how many of my birthdays? I know you've missed like Well, nine. the first five birthdays in the military, I completely missed. First five years on active duty, I was somewhere, TDY, deployed, training, all five. 
January's. So January's. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and then this will be another one. Yeah. Right? But you were saying, or, you know, this is our third deployment. Yeah. Other people have done deployments, but it becomes a part of life. Uh, it becomes a way of life to have these multiple deployments, TDYs, excursions, even if it's for a week. So we, we have to really conceptualize what does it mean to actually consistently reintegrate? How do you stay close together when there are these periods of time where you're having to unplug, whether that's going to the field for a week, two weeks, going to NTC or JRTC for a month or so, going on a rotation for nine months, uh, or just consistently going on TDYs like MCT. Um, I'm using army language. I'll, I'll stay away from army language. We have a so. lot of um, Navy that are watching. So you guys yeah. are going out um, and you're going out to sea or going on exercises and there's mm -hmm. not connections. So we're going to do our best to actually address as many of those kinds of different kinds of living apart as possible. But I do want to stress from the beginning that we are not talking about separation as a step before divorce. Mm -hmm. We are talking about when the military pulls you apart as a family and that you don't, you're not choosing this mm -hmm. for your family, but you really want to figure out how do we figure this out? Yeah. So I know the very first deployment, I remember thinking, I said this on my Facebook live earlier today. I remember thinking to myself, is this okay? Mm -hmm. Like, is this okay for a marriage to go through this kind of separation? Can a family make it? Like, is this going to permanently harm our kids or harm our marriage. And I remember thinking, I don't know how we're going to make that happen as far as mm -hmm. keeping it strong. And so this is not something that we choose or want for our families, but it is the reality that we live in. And there's a lot of military families out there that have spent half of their marriage apart. Yeah. And so added up. So knowing that when we went into the first deployment, the second deployment, we wanted to be a lot more intentional, which is where a lot of this content is really birthed out of is we knew from the first deployment with um, when you're having that time away, your, your communication becomes kind of stilted. Can we go ahead and jump into like this? I don't know. Yeah, actually, let's hold okay. on. That. I, I do want to make sure we cover really quick. You guys should have gotten a listening guide in your email. Um, so I encourage you guys to open it up, maybe print it off where you can take some notes. Um, we're going to be kind of going through that to give you kind of a way to apply what we're talking about in real time and how it um, how it hits you personally. So just very quick, I wanted you to hear about what you can expect from the series as a whole. First of all, this is not just for military spouses. This is for service members too. This mm -hmm. is about... It's it's not even about only marriage. It's about the family. Mm -hmm. So over the next few months, over the next six months or so, we are going to each webinar, Matt and I are going to share, even though he's going to be in a different location, we're going to work it mm -hmm. out where we can do this webinar together. And we're going to be sharing how we're doing, um, what we're going through. We're going to do our best to be as authentic as possible with you guys. So if we're struggling, we're going to share that appropriately with you guys. Hopefully it will um, validate what some of you guys mm -hmm. are going through as well or what you have gone through. Um, we so, do that for a couple of reasons. Number yeah. one, we want to normalize your experience so you don't feel like you're an oddball. And the second thing is, is we want to be able to kind of share it and then to, um, to work through it. Once you can normalize something and validate it, then you can actually approach it for what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're going to see us each series or each monthly webinar, you're going to see us share kind of where we're at and mm -hmm. how we're doing. Um, let's see. We're also, they're all virtual like this. It's going to be exactly like this where you can chat in the zoom and, and 
give us questions, interact with what we're saying. We can feed off of that together. So it's going to be interactive. It is going to have a listening guide just like this one for each webinar that we do. And it's going to be topical. So while tonight we're covering that tension before the family separates, mm -hmm. I can tell you November's topic is going to be after you separate, like how do you find your battle rhythm? How do you kind of pick yourself mm -hmm. up and move forward? What is that like on both sides? Um, I'm definitely going to be sharing kind of, I'm not going going to be just sitting in front of the camera, like bawling my eyes out, <laughs> but I am going to be kind of authentically sharing what I know a lot of us spouses go through. And so it's really meant for both sides. Mm -hmm. We really want this. So if you listen to this and you know, service members that would benefit, or maybe they're deployed or they're out somewhere where you can share this series with them, we hope you will. Otherwise, I think I've covered everything. They are recorded. They'll be available on the USO website where you can um, watch them as you go. So that's the gist of the, of the series. If you guys have more questions, um, please put them in the chat box. And if we're not seeing them, somebody from the team is going to respond to them for sure. Um, and I think we're just going to jump in now because you were so excited yeah. to jump in. You probably so you don't want me to go back to the thing. Yeah. So <laughs> the second deployment, we um, we wanted to go into it with intentionality. And we also wanted to pour into the community, into the, the unit we were serving with at the time. So we came up with our own curriculum. And it really was an opportunity for us to work on our marriage together and then provide the same sort of stuff we were using and we were creating and using to the unit we were with. And then out of that, we came up with a few phrases because we realized, you know, in our communities, you exist on mission and vision statements and phrases that actually pull you forward, uh, sometimes push you forward. And so we came up with, you know, team weathers, uh, get better every day. Um, one that was make account. If we're going to have these separations, we don't want to just put a pause button on our families. We actually want to grow through it. So how am I individually going to get better when I'm away from the family? And then in what way can I pour into the family from an alternate location so that I can actually kind of grow them and encourage them and then be excited for the new people that we're all going to meet when we all reintegrate that will be better versions of ourselves. And so we had get better every day. We had make uh, every day count, make every, make it count, make it count, make it count. Mm -hmm. Um, what was it? Go team. Go team. And then we were so tired at that point. <laughs> and some of y'all know this so tired from my former football days. We just, we we're like fourth quarter yeah. and we thought it was fourth quarter. We're, we're in like, like we're like in 22nd quarter at this point, <laughs> because it just, the game never stops. I'm just wondering, so. is there anybody else out there who experiences a level of exhaustion from the military lifestyle? Like you yeah. think they, Things are like wrapping up and things, the next season is going to be like wrapping up and then COVID hits. Right. Yeah. And then like for us, we PCS, right. And yeah. then we're coming up on a deployment. Right. Yeah. And so life has a way of happening and the military has a way of also changing things. We even went through your deployment mm -hmm. date changing on us. And so any, I've seen a lot of yeses, yeah. like, yes, you've been in a place of exhaustion where you think like we just got across the finish line. And then you realize we got to muster up enough strength to actually so when <laughs> I, sorry. when I hit those places of exhaustion, um, specifically for me, when I was, uh, I was counseling soldiers and I think I was like on the, you know, like 290, I was like three days before my R and R, which I took it, you know, day 300 during the first deployment. And I got to the point, I was so exhausted. I was like, I don't feel like I can counsel anymore. I was just trying to be honest with myself with my Sergeant major. And I was like, Rob, I just don't, I don't feel like I have it in me. And, um, I had to think of, you know, who would I want for my sons if they were deployed? And so 
part of moving through this place of exhaustion and, um, and constantly having to adapt is to figure out for yourself, what is going to pull you forward? What's going to, uh, when you're talking about when, when we finally make that split and you go on your mission and I go on my mission, what are those missions going to be and how are those missions going to mm-hmm. continually pull us forward? The other part of it is, and, uh, somebody shared it on Twitter, um, uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stevens, haha, in Korea. And um, so he put on there on, on his Twitter feed that how wonderful it was um, that the day you leave uh, is both the saddest and the happiest day because it's sad because you're turning away from one family and then you're turning to face the other family. So it's tears, it's goodbyes, it's this gut-wrenching thing. But then you turn and then somebody's picking up your rucksack and they're picking up your A and B bags and they're cracking a joke as you walk off to to turn towards another mission. And you got to see this during your deployment of the impact that being on purpose on mission means for separation. Yeah. And so I think that's going to be definitely some of the things that we talk about um, is how we both individually define what moving forward looks like, because, you know, I could almost hear what you're saying and Mm -hmm. I can feel the military spouses out there going, that's great for you. Yeah. Right. But what about me? (laughs) Right. And so there is, there is, the importance and the intentionality behind us at home deciding what our mission will be and that we have to decide what we're going to do to pick ourselves up and move forward on something. Mm -hmm. Right. And it can't be like a huge part of our mission for those of you who do have children. A lot of times that includes the kids, but that can't be the only thing that we're about. We have to have a level of our own personal growth Mm -hmm. and our own um, thing that we're looking forward to that we get excited about. So we're going to talk about that probably in November. Okay. So I see some of you guys are already identifying with yes, the tension and the exhaustion. Um, So that's a little bit of what you guys can at least look forward to. And this series Mm -hmm. is kind of like our way of coming together on a project Mm -hmm. where we can work together on something, even though we're separate. Now that Mm -hmm. may not be something that you guys are doing, but it's something that you guys can begin to talk about. Like, what is that thing? Even if you are apart from your spouse and don't have a lot of connectivity, what is that thing that you can be doing individually that's also together Mm -hmm. so that you're both individually growing and growing together? So this project that we're doing, this monthly series that we're going to be doing with you guys in a lot of ways holds us accountable to grow right? It holds us accountable to work harder on a relationship. We're going to have to have those tough conversations of we better figure this out because we got, we got the USO series coming up and we got to figure out what we need to, to not only know what we need, but also how can we use that to encourage you guys as well. So picking that project is going to be super important. So let's, and I'm also seeing in the, in the chat strands of not wanting to come across exhausted, not wanting to look stressed, not wanting to admit you're stressed or being, being honest, really hope that this project will allow you and give you the permission to just be honest. I mean, you can't actually deal with anything unless you honestly diagnose it and really face it head on. Um, So as we model vulnerability and transparency within a marriage relationship, we've been married 21 years Mm -hmm. um, through distance. Uh, We hope that it empowers you and your family and your spouse to be able to be honest um, without being destructive. 
mm-hmm. um, to be able to correctly articulate um, and clearly articulate what it is that you're experiencing, what you're thinking and what you're feeling, be able to uh, articulate that with your spouse. And then for that to be a point for the two of you to grow closer, sometimes just being honest and vulnerable is not sometimes it's always the beginning point for growing closer. So if you're going to grow closer when there's physical distance, um, you have to have that honesty within yourself first and then with your, your spouse, your partner. Yeah. And maybe this was the the comment that you were, um, reflecting on Matt, when you said that, but a couple of you have already mentioned that it's hard to, we're going to get into this with the tension, right. And why is there tension before we spend that time apart, but that it can be hard to show that you're exhausted. It can be hard to show that you're struggling. Mm -hmm. It can be um, challenging in your relationship because each person, um, and maybe we can get into it this way. Um, on your on your listening guide, I kind of put a very, very simple um, separation cycle that you guys can reflect on. And we're only going to be covering that pre-departure you know, detachment part of the cycle. But I wanted you guys to see that because we're going to reference that a little bit throughout the series and we'll bring it back as we go. But um, I think one of the ways that we can talk about like, what is this tension that we go through mm-hmm. before we have to be apart? And so I kind of want to go back to a a couple of the comments that came through about it's really hard to show your exhaustion or show the tension that you're feeling internally, internally, if you feel like you're the backbone of the family, or you feel like you have to have it all together. Um, and so I think that going back to your vulnerability, and I think that's kind of what Matt was trying to say is, you know, who are we fooling here? Right. <clears throat> this is a difficult thing to do. And I get whoever wrote that. Like, I feel that every day, like none of us want to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. like say, I'm having a hard time mm-hmm. with the whole thing, COVID PCS and deployment and teenage kids. Like, you know, I I'm very vulnerable. I share that all the time with them, <laughs> but it is hard to admit when you're struggling. But when I say, who are we fooling? What I mean by that is this is our, this is our spouse. This is the person that we've said we're going to do life with. This is our helpmate. And that means that they're there to help us through it. Like there is some element, a couple of you guys were asking like, well, how do I like figure out what that thing is for me to help me move forward? And we'll talk about that in November. But I mean, there is that element of, we have to figure out on our own, how we, at the end of the day, kind of muster up the courage to stand back on our two feet, there is that independent Mm -hmm. choice that we have to make, but it's, if we find ourselves in our marriage on a parallel track, you know, that's not ever intersecting and we're not like leaning on each other for support. Mm -hmm. If we're not being honest with each other, where we're at, then we're almost not giving the marriage the opportunity to do what it's there to do, which is supposed to support each other. So, um, we can, we can try to be strong all day long, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, this is hard. Guys, like any kind of separation like this is going to be difficult. So um, we're going to talk a little bit. You guys tell me, I want to see in the chat thread, tell me where you feel like if you've gone through this tension before, um, before going apart, where is the tension coming through for you? Um, I'm going to go through the chat a little bit. Um, I see, a, I'm going to try to only mention the ones who have made it public for everyone to see, but I see um, spouses hide a lot while their service member is deployed. Um, Um, let's see. Um, so there's a lot of conversation about hiding what we're really feeling. Um, 
I don't want him to know my stress. We're going to talk about what Matt, he's going to speak for the service member's perspective of what it's like before he leaves and what they're going through that sometimes we're afraid to say out loud. And I'm also going to share kind of my side as well. And I, I'm not going to get into this too heavy because I really want us to be able to share from where we can speak to it the best, Matt and I. Um, <clears throat> but I did have the opportunity in 2015 to travel with the Secretary of Defense overseas and see deployment conditions and I had like a very small window of time for just a moment. I got to experience the excitement of being able to go and do something that asked something really big of me and to go see places I had never seen before. Um, and like a lot of military spouses say all the time, like, I want to go somewhere fun. I want to go do some, I want to escape the home, like just for a moment. Like I want to go and do this thing to which your reply is always, yeah. Until you go there. Yeah. Or sure. Let me set up a bug net for you outside and let you oh, sleep outside in the cold. You want to go sleep in a cave? Yeah. <laughs> That's always the response. Right. But there is that that feeling of like, man, you're getting to go do this thing. And so I got just for a moment, I had this glimpse of being able to see and experience the excitement of wanting mm -hmm. to go. And yet the extreme guilt of like, I don't want to leave. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to leave my family or could this be dangerous or what does this mean? for me to go. And, and so I had that moment for mm -hmm. just a, a moment to experience that push and pull. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I'm just going to say this to kind of launch us off here. Yeah. One of the best things that you did for me in that moment was number one, you told me like, pay attention to those feelings because that's what a lot of service members are feeling before yeah. they go is that push and pull. It's, it is that excitement that you talked mm -hmm. about of like wanting to kind of about face and yeah. be on mission. Well, let's do the job. Do, I mean, that you've been wanting to do and absolutely. being trained to do yeah. the whole time. Right. And I remember you saying, take note of that. Um, but then he came to me like the next day, you look like you're scared. Of what no, no. <laughs> you just don't remember maybe, but he came to me the next day. He said, I want you to know, I released you to the mission. I want you to know it's okay for you to be excited about what you're about to go do. And it's okay for you to be excited. And it's okay for you to also feel like you're in two places at once. And, and I'm okay with that with you. And I remember in that moment going, Oh man, I wish I would have done that for you. Cause I, I, don't, I didn't do that for him. I didn't understand that that's what he needed was the permission to be excited, to go do the job that he had been training to do. And that, he could be in two places at once. Yeah. But we also have to feel the freedom. If you don't feel that to not have to say that, to not expect yourself to, to go and, and try and um, I don't want to say lie, but you know, misrepresent how you're feeling. When you get to a place of honesty and vulnerability, you should be able to say, Hey, this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not great with it this time. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a TDY, whether it's going to feel, whether it's being gone for a month or however, I'm not great. And for, we each need to own our own feelings, um, to own our side of the street and, uh, and to allow the other person to feel those things and not feel like there's something bad I've talked to and have felt it myself, <clears throat> this, um, sense of, if she were to bring up more problems or the kids were to bring up more problems with me leaving, then I, I, I couldn't handle that, you know? And so I imagine sometimes you may feel like, well, I'm not going to bring that up right now because I feel like they may not be able to handle that. And I don't want to burden them with that. Or I may not want to bring something up and burden her with that. And so we start to begin to, and during the pre 
the pre-departure, you know, pre-departure phase, uh, you start to kind of bottle those things up Mm -hmm. and try and wear a a more brave face rather than go, I'm kind of having a hard time this time for X, Y, and Z reasons. Maybe it's a different season in life. Um, maybe it's a different community and it's not as supportive. Um, or you feel disconnected. You just moved. You're, I don't know, maybe you're in the middle of a global pandemic and you just can't have those touch points with humans Mm -hmm. that you normally do. And so you're feeling that level of isolation. And then for someone to depart while you're feeling that isolation Mm -hmm. can make you feel that much more isolated and alone. And so we should have the, we should experience the freedom for, to be able to say that if you were to say that to me and say, I'm having a really hard time this time with you going away. And for me to not feel feel bad about it. Like I'm not doing this to you. Right. This isn't, you know, and at the same time, it's also a part of a choice that we have both made Mm -hmm. and that we have to accept together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the struggle is that where do you then put those feelings, right? Like, Mm -hmm. cause you don't want to take it out on your spouse. Cause like you said, you're not doing it to us. Right. And so I think for spouses, it's like, but I don't like it. Right. So, and I don't like that. I'm going to have to do this really difficult thing. And Mm -hmm. so where do I take that out on, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, in, in my book, sacred spaces, I talk a lot about that resentment that builds up over time. And, and a lot of that resentment is because we don't know where to place the resentment. If we put it on our spouse, then we create the conflict. And so I think for me, I've just had to remind myself that this is that choice that we've made and that we can do difficult things. And that um, I can be mad at the military because I don't like the fact that they changed the dates on us, which is going to make our life, even my life, especially a little bit more complicated than I originally planned I planned everything around the initial time. Yeah. So you get to have those negative feelings. <laughs> I remember specifically when you were going away on your trip, mm-hmm. we were walking around DC and I could kind of look in her eyes. Like she was like, what have I gotten myself into? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just keeping the, both the boys occupied at that time. Cause they were young. And I looked at her and I was like, Hey, today you get to be small. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be as small as you want. All right. Feel all your bad feelings, feel all your negative vibes, whatever. But tomorrow you've got to, you've got to get big. Tomorrow you have to kind of really grow into this. So it's taking that time. It's mm-hmm. it's one thing to to have a negative thought. It's a whole nother thing to live there for a while. Can I ask so, you a question? Yeah, sure. So um, I love when he does that for me and he'll on days that I'm really struggling, he'll be like, are you feeling small today? And that's his cue to me that I get to have not the Corey that does Mill Spouse Fest or the Corey that does the USO series or that, you know, like can I just be his wife? That's just really having a difficult time, you know, and just sometimes you even want to be smaller and you're like, can I just be Corey and just away from everybody in the quiet? Yeah. Cause she's an introvert. Yeah. Like, can I struggle today? Can yeah. I like be mad at the military? Can I be like insecure about my ability to go through this deployment with teenage boys and yeah. like all of that insecurity and questions and all that. And that's his cue of like, I see that you feel like you need that support and need to be small today. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question for you is, um, can, can a spouse do that with a husband? What do you mean? Like if I came to you, like, you know, that insecurity, that like that fear of leaving and is that, how would you, how would Mm. like female to male, how, how to wrestle with the feelings of your fears of like being away from the boys Mm -hmm. and like, how can a 
I'm going to stereotype here just for a second, but how can a wife best speak to a husband's heart and whatever it is that you're wrestling through? Cause I, something tells me that that's not going to go as well. If I come to you, like, do you feel like you need to be small today? Like, what is it that a me? Like- so we love Brene Brown and this is what okay. triggers this thought for me is there was one aspect when Brene was talking on her Ted talk and she said that um, she was doing a book signing and a guy came and he was standing in line and he was one of the only males in line getting a book signing. And as she was signing and he said, you know, this is all great. And you say that, you know, females can be vulnerable. He was like, but sometimes I feel like my wife and my daughters would rather see me die on top of the white horse than fall off of it. So to answer that question, you have to create a space of vulnerability in your marriage. You have to be able to talk about difficult things. And so a, a lot of people are listening that you're not in a pre-departure or detachment phase and you're, you may not even have that coming up for a while. The best thing you can do right now is to go, how do I create a space and a place of vulnerability where my spouse can, 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 you know, um, detail their insecurities. When I say, I'll say my serving spouse for right yeah. now. Okay. We'll use that phrase. We say supporting spouse and serving spouse. Yeah. So the serving spouse can actually come up there and say, Hey, I, I'm, I'm feeling like, uh, I feel like I've got imposter syndrome. Like I'm just figuring this job out and I don't have no clue what I'm doing. And people are looking into me for answers and I'm trying to live into the roles and responsibilities that have been given to me. But I feel like I'm just one day ahead of the rest of the pack. And I'm just making it up as I go and really just swinging for the fences and hoping that it, hoping that I get at least, you know, I'm batting 500 at best Mm -hmm. to create that place in that space of vulnerability go, okay, yeah, I can hear that. And I can detail that. And I want to encourage your, the serving spouses, take that time and invest in, in the vulnerability of your home to be able to, to come to your spouse and even your kids and to acknowledge um, if you've got kids, you know, when you're not doing well, mm-hmm. um, you don't need to bleed all over them, but you do need to be honest so they can see an adult that is struggling with life and coming up and trying to come up with the right answers of how they're doing life, mm-hmm. how they're approaching their job, how they're approaching their relationships. So uh, to answer that question, I would say you've got to create, and that's why we're doing this, this place in this space of vulnerability. You know, you've said a couple of times about how you've been mad at mad at the military. Well, the military is just trying to answer the mail and trying to answer the big questions for the, the grand chaos that is going on globally. Mm-hmm. So really, it's not being mad at the military. It's really it's the rest of the world. <laughs> well, here's the deal. I mean, in all honesty, we're looking at a, at a, at a world in chaos right now, probably this year more than ever. And because none of us are in control and none of us really have influence to that kind of level, and we all feel powerless, we all feel that much more anxiety and fear. And we're only going to take that out on places that are like tangible, like you're right there. I can take my anxiety and my fear out on you. Mm -hmm. You're going to represent that or you put on the uniform and guess what? You represent the organization that's trying to address that chaos Mm -hmm. and trying to address that anxiety and that fear. Mm -hmm. And because there are unknowns with all of that, we get that much more anxious and afraid. So let's not, let's put our, let's, let's deal with our anxiety and our fear, not by blaming other organizations or, you know, things that are out there, 
but bringing it into this, this safe space, you know, tree of trust and, um, <laughs> and really talking about it, you know, no, I love that. that too grand and esoteric. No, I'm going to take the tree of space. It's going to be part of the series. so tree of space. All right. Space. So if you're going to go along in the series with us, just want to prepare you. She's, she's wonderful. She's perfect in so many ways, but she does this cool thing where she takes one metaphor or one <laughs> build it phrase out. <laughs> and then combines it with a different phrase. It's actually, I forgot what the word is, but it'll it's actually a diagnosis. It'll thing. eventually become tree of trust. Well, no, you become, uh, <laughs> no, because you won't get to tree of trust. You're like, if it's too hot in the kitchen, don't play the piano. And you're like, those don't go together. <laughs> Why are you so true. So true guys. Um, so here's, here's what I'll say to kind of wrap up. This is Matt and I obviously have our own language for speaking to each other. You guys have your own language for speaking to each other and we're always working on that. So while Matt can say to me, do you feel small today? Right. Yeah. I can go to Matt. I feel like I can go to you and I can say, Hey, I, I really see that, you know, you're getting ready to leave the boys and that there's some fear there and there's, you're going to really miss them. And I just want you to know we're going to be okay. And then it's going to be okay. Like there's things that I know I can speak directly to his heart because we're doing the best that we can to be open and honest on that. So, um, anything else that you want to share about maybe the service spouse's perspective on maybe why is there that tension? But I mean, we've definitely felt it over the last couple of weeks and, you know, so, and we're going to have some more, I'm sure, but like, what have you been going through? Well, there is, there's being so busy up until the point of departure. Yeah. Cause I saw a few people were like you, getting ready. As you begin to transition over into that point of departure for the serving spouse, you're, you know, you've been very busy with, with work and, and all the things that are there. And, and you honestly sometimes take the home and the family for granted because you're, you know, you're doing life, you're going to work, you're knocking that out. Um, and then you finally realize, wow, the, there's uh, the sand in the hourglass over so the days of our lives. And you realize, wow, the time's getting short. Have I poured in as much to my family as I, as I needed to, or as I wanted to? Did I seize every opportunity? Because when you're, when you don't have an upcoming departure happening, you're like, ah, oh, get around to that different time. Friday. I, you know, Friday, yeah. Saturday comes around. You're like, I really need this Saturday to myself. I really need this downtime. And you justify it. Well, then when you can count your Saturdays on one hand, you're sitting there going, okay, what do I need to do this Saturday to prepare them? Because Mm -hmm. you're planning, you're trying to prepare them for success. So you're all in and trying to make sure that you get everything done. Mm -hmm. And so you, you go from being very focused at, at work stuff to being very focused at home stuff is you're trying to make sure you're set up for success. So that's part of the internal tension that's happening is like, did I do everything for work? Did I do everything from home? Because I know as soon as, you know, I hit that plane, as I hit that boat, I'll be able to then really focus on other things and have Feeling a little bit like more time did yeah, as much as you could. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think for me, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but, um, you know, and I will go through, I'm trying to keep track of what everybody's, um, writing. And I love, by the way, that you guys are validating each other. Um, and so I see a few questions in here, so you can kind of also look through this too. Um, but I, I feel like, as soon as you started to like get the house ready and like, I felt him kind of come home. That's when it got real for me. Like, I think I was in denial Mm -hmm. until like, he was like, now I'm going to turn my focus and start getting things ready. And I don't know about, you know, the other support spouses out there, but there is like this kind of mutual, like this 
several feelings at once. There's the feelings of like thankfulness and gratitude of like, there's so many things he's thinking of that I would not have thought of. Or like one of the, like our first deployment, I never replaced the air filter. And that like, he was like, you can't do that. You know, so like- Thank goodness for Amazon Prime because that stuff gets delivered now. He has like, it's now on a schedule, you know? But like one of those things that like I was, I didn't get a chance to talk to you about this before, but we were going to sit down and talk about like, what are the things that I feel like would be helpful for you to do before you go? And so like one of the things that I know is going to be really helpful is for him to like put in my calendar, like some of those things that I might forget, especially around the house. You Clean know. the lint filter in the dryer. Which is another one. Filters. <laughs> filters. Just filters in general. Just need to put the word filters on every wall in the house. So she's constantly thinking, where are all the filters and what should I do with them? I want to know from you guys, is there anybody else that like, is there have, you have a thing that you just forget all the time? Like, what is your thing? Maybe it's just me. I'm hoping it's not. But is there an area of like household management that you always just kind of just don't remember. But here's the other thing that, um, sticky notes and poster poster boards. I love it. Um, my husband started changing light bulbs and I just started crying because I knew it was time was coming, right? Like you feel it. Mm -hmm. Um, filters, probably the filters. Thank you. I appreciate that. Is it Shawnee? Thank you for validating that I'm not the only one. Um, so smoke alarms. Oh yes. Keep them coming guys. Cause this is validating my experience as well. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I think there's also this feeling of, and I'm wondering if anybody else feels the same way that I'm mute. I'm simultaneously grateful mm-hmm. and thankful and, and want you to do those things. And then there's also a little part of me that's like, I got it. I'm already starting to like, m- like make a mental checklist of the things that I'm going to start taking on mm-hmm. and not wanting you to feel like you have to do all those things like light bulbs, right? Like somebody brought up light bulbs. Like if a light bulb goes out, I can put in a light bulb. Like it's right. going to be okay. Like, or, you know, so I don't want to stop you from doing right. those things because it has purpose for mm-hmm. you to do those things. But there's also, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you guys can um, chime in, but it's almost that creep of control that we as support spouses start to take on the control that we know is going to have to happen where we have to manage it all. Mm -hmm. And you don't want me to just kind of drop it one day and be like, well, all yours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that. And there's also those of you, especially who are going through rapid deployments or Mm -hmm. like rapid, like lots of time apart, you kind of are constantly reintegrating, constantly like having to take on that control. And maybe you already have a battle rhythm of Mm -hmm. how you handle things. And so you have already planned on how you're going to take care of that. Or that's not the area of need that you feel like is the most helpful Mm -hmm. or productive. Maybe you guys can share a little bit of that in here too. Um, but I think that's a little bit of what's going on too. So let me see. Um, auto pay all the utilities. Great tip. Everybody's like, yes, auto pay. Um, yeah, I'm seeing lots of yeses. I don't know where all the yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes Oh no. Oh, maybe that was in the very beginning of my yeah. thing. I was like, what was that response to? How did I scroll all the way to the top? I, know. I don't know. Okay. So, um, don't forget in the question and answer that's for a private, um, if you definitely have a question that you want us to address that you can do it in there too. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about, um, cause we're going to give some specific time to go through some of the questions that you guys have addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to make sure I address those. Um, but let me just kind of give me a second. 
Um, and you know, technology has really changed, right? And so the connectivity is going to be different than mm-hmm. it was. I know for us, for sure, before some of you guys don't have that, that ability to have that. Um, I, so I know that's definitely a challenge. I think it's even more of a challenge when you know, the technology is there and yet you don't, you're not going to be able to use it, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to have to stay disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Let me see if, if there was any questions, is this resonating with you guys? So I want to hear from you guys. Like, um, do you guys experience or have you experienced the tension? Um, and usually the tension turns into, because there's all of this, um, I know there was another topic I was going to bring up on the tension thing that Mm -hmm. I'm already seeing in us Mm -hmm. is there is definitely the spend as good of quality time together as much as possible before Mm -hmm. you go. Like, so we're already having those date date days and date nights and trying, and you feel that pressure to like make it as perfect as possible Mm -hmm. or that you're as present as possible, which I think puts a lot of pressure on the relationship Mm -hmm. and on each other. But I just want to like time out here for a second and say, this is one of those areas that we could complain about and say is such a negative thing. But I just want to point out some of the great things it actually does for your relationship, right? We need to acknowledge that and see, this is something that maybe there are civilians out there that spend time apart Mm -hmm. too due to work. But this is one of those areas that's actually really healthy too. Like, one of the things that it teaches us as military couples is how to filter mm-hmm. a little bit more, how to be more protective of our time together. Yeah. Um, let me give you like just kind of a very small example. Halloween is right around the corner. He spent, you spent all day today working on our son's costume. That's just important to our son. Mm-hmm. And he, and I knew a lot of what was behind that was like, you know what, I'm going to be leaving soon. And so this is something I can do while I'm here. I'm not working so I can go and do that right and now. I know how to sew. And, so. and one thing about Matt is that he loves to make things excellent. Like he loves to be, and he, it's your gift to them too. Like you don't want him to have a shabby costume. So he is going to do everything he can to like, uh-huh. make sure that he is proud of this costume. And I think a little bit of element of surprise while you were at school, I invested in you and in your costume. So I think that was there too. And I don't want to have to deal with your bad attitude if you have a bad costume. <laughs> So, yeah, it helps me. But there was like this part that I wanted to come downstairs and I almost did it. I came into the garage today and I was like, do we really need to go to like an 11 of perfection here? And Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to like, and it was... I'm sure that it either did come across as criticism or could have come across as criticism. And in my heart, it was more protective and preservation Mm -hmm. of like, I was trying to manage, which is not really a good thing in marriage. When you find yourself managing each other's Mm -hmm. emotions, it's kind of dangerous territory because it never really goes well. And that was my mistake. I was almost like, um, managing your emotions because I was trying to be protective of like, you know, it's okay that Mm -hmm. he doesn't have the perfect costume. It's okay for you to Mm -hmm. not feel like you have to spend all this time on this and he'll be fine with whatever costume he has. And, you know, and that was managing you. Mm -hmm. And there was also a moment where I was going to like, maybe take that a step further and, and say like, just let him come home and do his own costume. And that really would have come across critical, Mm -hmm. but I, I filtered some mm-hmm. level of that. And was like, you know what, if this is how he wants to spend his day, if this is how he wants mm-hmm. to show love before he goes, um, I'm just going to step away and not, and filter what maybe I normally would have said, or maybe co- what it could have mm-hmm. turned into an argument because 
he gets to decide how he wants to spend his day, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I coming in there and trying to direct that? For but that's him? a two-way street. And that I don't think actually goes from service member to supporting spouse often, mm-hmm. which is um, how often in the, the pre-departure phase, go back to your little oh, yeah. wheel of stuff. Wheel of stuff. <clears throat> how, much, how often in the pre-departure phase do supporting spouses actually, um, are you allowed to go, okay, what do you need? Like yeah. take a couple of days and decide what do you need for yourself? And it may, it may, you shouldn't feel bad if what you need is to go spend time with some friends, friends. that you're not going to be able to spend that, that close quality time with and allow me to stay here. So there's stuff that I have to do prior, but then oh, I also, point. I have to be grown up enough to say, you know what? What do you need and how are you going to take care of yourself before the departure happens? Mm-hmm. And um, we learned this early on that it was very key to for me to give permission for you um, to, to go to go grab cups of coffee, especially when the boys were little. Yeah. Of Hey, you look like you really need to unplug for about four hours. Go get some coffee and like walk somewhere. Or if you've, if you've really got to go into a tunnel with work, you know, go get a hotel room, really get into a tunnel with work, figure out what you've got to write and be done with it and then come back to the home. And then you're, you're really clued into what's happening. So there's those opportunities that the service member has to give the supporting spouse, allow that time, not just, not just give permission, but encourage it so that you don't feel um, guilty for doing that, for unplugging, because who you are when you come back is a totally better person. That is such a great point. And I you're just, welcome. I just want to talk just to put that in your notes right there. <laughs> you didn't. But. Well, I will. Actually, it's a great point, because after each um, webinar, I will be going back and redoing the listening guide to have it be a little bit more closely with whatever we say in the, in the webinar. So those of you who are watching this um, recorded later, it'll be a little bit more of a fuller listening guide. But this is such a great point that I really want to stress to the supporting spouses. So the military spouses that um, are not the ones that are leaving. And this, I know this is happening within me. And this is something that I think this is where the resentment tends to come from, right? Because, you know, the serving spouse comes home and takes maybe some, not always, we have a lot of people that deploy very quickly without, with short notice. But if you have some level of notice, you have this ability to kind of take care of maybe the home, take care of yourself, figure out what you need before you go. And then they go. And then there's a lot of hurry up and wait, a lot of sitting around, a lot of self-care, a lot Mm -hmm. of being able to watch movies, a lot of, you know, that kind of ice that has its own downfalls to it. Right. We're going to cover that later. Mm -hmm. But I think what typically happens on the support spouse side, and I even caught myself doing that this week was I had a friend that reached out to me that was like, Hey, do you want to like go out for coffee or get together? And I found myself going, you know what, after he leaves, then we'll do that. But Mm -hmm. like right now, like it needs to be all us time and Mm -hmm. saving that for later. When, if I save all of it for later, I'm not going to be in a good place when mm-hmm. he goes. And so being able to communicate that to you, like, are how do you feel about me taking care of myself a little bit too, and doing some of those things that you mentioned and being able to figure out what you need. So overall, I mean, what we're talking about, we're definitely talking about pre-departure, but um, going back to some things we said earlier, 
this should influence the way we live our lives, our, yeah. our marriages in general. Yeah. Um, you made a good point about the fact that this allows us to really focus in on filtering our conversations, being more protective, not yeah. allowing uh, little things to pop up and sabotage. If we live so much of our life taking things for granted, and then all of a sudden a departure comes up that was expected or otherwise, um, then we're then we all of a sudden jump back into like, okay, now how do we make this perfect? Okay, because we got to live the next month or two months perfect because we got to make sure this really counts. But the the eight months prior to those two months, we were just kind of living willy nilly on accident. On accident. And I remember seeing this in 2012 when with the army we switched an R4 Gen cycle. And then we had some units that weren't deploying with the the rapid back-to-back-to-back year-on-year-off deployments. And then by month 13, 14, we started seeing couples that were having issues. Mm -hmm. And it was because they had put them on the back burner for so long. So preparing for departure, uh, for being away, you've got to begin with the end in mind, to uh, to quote a Covey thing, is that you've got to really, starting now, going, how do I become my best self now? And not just whenever there's a departure coming up, but then also if you're in the departure phase or you're right there and and you're, you know, (laughs) your detachment has happened and you guys are already separated. Who do you want to be when you get back together? Yeah. And so it's creating that mission and that vision for your, your best marriage uh, and living into that and using the right tools and relationships, whether that's counseling um, to be able to become the best version of yourself so that uh, when departures do happen, it doesn't throw you off your game. There's not so much catch up that you're trying to do. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And so, uh, you know, I, I, the way my mind works is I kind of, I figure out, you know, people say balance is the key to everything. And then a lot of people don't like the word balance. And so what I kind of have to do in my head is I go, okay, what are, what are the two extremes? Right. And if I can find what the extremes are, usually Mm -hmm. the extreme is destructive on some level. Right. And so, um, on one extreme, we have, you know, being so vulnerable that we're not taking care of ourselves and we're just, you know, so many emotions and neither one of us is like kind of standing on our own two feet and making good choices and, you know, standing strong together and saying, this is something we've decided that we can do as a couple and Mm -hmm. we have to do it as a couple and Mm -hmm. finding that courage. So one extreme would be, we're all an emotional mess and neither one is standing on their own two feet to kind of take some level of action. That's one extreme. Can we all agree that that would be destructive Mm -hmm. individually or in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So the other extreme next is, time when you when you gesture with the extremes, do the bad extreme on that side and do the good extreme because I'm staying on this side. <laughs> so I just want to be I want to be well represented. That's all. Okay. So bad okay. extreme over there, bad extreme. good extreme over Both here. Both extremes are not good. Well, where do I stand then? Do in I in the middle? Okay. In the middle is where I we want to be. I gotta. Okay. So the other, other extreme, extreme is not talking at all. So I saw there was a couple of questions in there where where some of you were like, I feel like I'm trying to share some of this, but my spouse doesn't share it back. Mm. Right. So the other extreme would be, you know, we're not being vulnerable at all. We're not sharing um, what we need. We're not being assertive to ask for what we need. Uh, We're just kind of 
like harboring everything and yeah. putting on, and this would be kind of one of the negative sides yeah. of what the military I see does for couples is that we put on our best face too much sometimes. Yeah. And we're, then we're not really being real. Right. And so that's one of the things that we're going to try to do over the series is show how you can as best as you can during a deployment, be vulnerable with each other mm -hmm. and learn how to have sometimes even tough conversations with each other. And because there can be a danger of living on this extreme of, of hiding everything and just acting like everything is perfect and fine. Right. And then you get home and you try to reintegrate and now you can't hide like that all the time. No. And now you have too much that you've stuffed down. Cause over there grows. And I'm glad you were over there I'm on that there. side. Um, because that extreme grows resentment and resentment is one of those killers of relationships. Once you begin to start resenting the other person, um, you may resent, you know, their, their absence. Um, you, but you then begin to like direct the resentment at them. When it started, I resent you being gone because I want to be close to you and I love you and I want to have a connected relationship with you. And then they're gone. All of a sudden I resent the fact that you're gone and we can't be as close and connected as I wish we could right now. And then all of a sudden you start to resent that person and start to blame that person and start to drive a wedge mm -hmm. for thinking that, well, they represent something bad. And once that grows, it's really hard to stop it unless you're actually honest with it and begin to process it. And what you'll find when you process that resentment is that you had a lot of um, missed expectations. You had a lot of wrong expectations mm -hmm. and we're not really dealing in reality. We're, we're having to probably grieve what we thought life could have or should have been, which every adult does, whether or not you're in the military or I mean, 2020 has shown us oh, yeah, missed expectations. I mean, yeah, we're having to grieve a lot, not just with the, yeah, there's so much. And, um, yeah, sorry. It just, 2020 <laughs> just really hit me all of a sudden. But when you, when you start to grow that resentment, um, and you start to drive that wedge, you start to misplace all of your own feelings that you should have owned all along. Yeah. And, and it is hard to grow up and go, you know, as we've had to explain to the boys with either the multiple moves with the departures, changing friends, this is a life choice mm -hmm. um, that we have made. And we enjoy a lot of aspects of it, even with all the difficulties that doesn't have to be a destroyer of our family and relationship. Right. Actually, what it has been for us is it's challenged us to actually really go all in and really invest because you have, you recognize how much little time you actually have. So it becomes that much more precious. Mm -hmm. And so when time becomes precious, relationships become precious, you invest in them and you really go all in, you get so much more out of it. Mm -hmm. This really helps you see what, um, what matters and what's yeah. important. So the more you actually focus on the pros and not the cons, the more you will invest in uh, the positives and that you can decide as a couple, this would be my challenge to you guys out there is to decide as a couple that you will be there for each other, not to gloss things over in right. like a cheesy positive way when somebody's no. really having an emotional event. No. But when you agree together mm -hmm. as a couple that I will be the person that reminds you of why we're doing this in the first place no. when you're struggling, then that agreement helps 
helps in those moments where it's like, I am battling in my head today and I'm really unhappy with the, with what we're having to go through. Mm-hmm. And I really need your, um, your words. I need you to speak truth into my life and remind me of why this doesn't have to be something that's as bad as it feels right now. Huh. But that agreement in advance is what keeps you from being defensive. In but the moment. first thing I've got to do is I've got to hear you. Yeah. I've got to sit and listen and not try and solve it. I have to avoid spiraling into the shame of my chosen profession has brought this on the whole family. And look what my, look what my job has done to the whole family. I have to avoid that spiral because then it becomes about me and not about what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I have to avoid my own little shame spiral there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to allow her to have a, a bad moment, a bad day. Yeah. a bad thought process and sit with her long enough for you to begin to go, okay, but here's what I know to be true. Here's what I know that we've gone through that it has been good and beneficial. And then I can join her in that and really champion that. But you've got to sit in the pocket of discomfort long enough, um, knowing that you're going to come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. And then once you come out on the other side, you've done that together. That's a win that you have together that you build off of. It's a positive experience. And then when you're having more bad experiences, you flip back through that scrapbook and say, okay, but here's one where we did really well. Mm-hmm. And here we've got these several wins under our belt. We can do this. And that was one of our phrases at some point in time, we can do hard things. Mm-hmm. And we just looked at what we had gone through up to that point. And we're like, we can do this. Mm-hmm. And we were able to look at the boys and go, and you can do this too. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to go into this new school environment and you're going to kill it. You're going to be awesome. You're going to be phenomenal because you've done this so many times. Yeah. So it's an opportunity to go, how do I become better each time to really cling to the adversity that this community and lifestyle brings rather than try and run from it. Well, and that's, that's a perfect way of saying on this spectrum, if you will, that the, as long as you can find yourself in the middle, somehow we're going to find ourselves moving back and forth, sometimes leaning one, one to one extreme or the other. Mm -hmm. But for me, the, the way that I kind of have to think in my mind is what are the extremes? Because if I know what those extremes are, that's where it's going to be destructive. So I, I know I need to stand on my own two feet at some point, but I also need to be open and honest honest and vulnerable. I also need to invite him into opportunities where he can feel safe to tell me how he's doing and what Mm -hmm. he needs. And it's, and it's also up to him to decide whether or not he's going to share it with me. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of you guys out there where you feel like your spouse is not opening up and sharing what they're going through and you can't control that. You can't Mm -hmm. manage it for them, but you can be somebody that creates over time, the safety Mm -hmm. of, I can handle whatever it is that you're feeling. Even if that means you're really excited to go, Mm -hmm. I can hear that. And that doesn't mean that I have to go into this devastating place of you don't love us and you don't, and you're, you're wanting to be away from us. I want to be that person that can hold both of those. It says, it's okay. If you're, if you're worried or concerned about missing us or you're missing time with me or the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also okay for you to tell me that you're excited to go and do this thing. And honestly, 
I need to be excited about something too. I need to be excited about what I'm going to, how I'm going to grow, mm-hmm. um, what my goals are going to be. This is not just about him being excited to go and giving him the permission. I need to give myself the permission mm-hmm. to be excited about something too. So as long as you can find those extremes and then figure out how to live somewhere in the mm-hmm. middle and create opportunities for these conversations to happen. That's what we want to encourage you guys to do. That's what we're going to be trying to do, especially um, as in the days that we have left mm-hmm. to be able to actually go, how are you doing? Like, what do you need? Um, who can I best be for you today? Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Life Giver podcast. If you're enjoying these episodes, please share the podcast with other service couples that may benefit from the show. If you'd like more information about me or Life Life Giver, head on over to coreyweathers.com or life-giver.org.